0: Hey folks, how is everyone doing? Um, Welcome to In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day soon a true proletarian revolution. I am your host, Josh, and I'd like to say thank you so much for stopping by. If this is your first time tuning in and you would like to let folks know, including myself, what you think of the show, there's a few ways that I'd ask you to do this. First and foremost, if you would have any interest, you could go ahead and go on my Apple podcast or my Spotify music profile and leave an honest rating and review. You can also go on my social media, which you can find on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching In Defense of Liberation, and let folks know what you think of the show. You know, whether or not you think it was worth the listen, whether you think uh, there's things that need to be improved, whether you think that the uh, shit posting that I do on Instagram and Twitter especially are really stupid. Uh, or if you think they're hilarious, I'd love to hear from you, especially if you think they're hilarious. But uh, anyways, if you want to reach out to me a little bit more long form and let me know, you know, I don't really know, maybe some shows you're interested in, maybe discuss a topic with me. I've had a comrade that goes by uh, the name Red Terror, who has been reaching out to me back and forth a few times and I've really enjoyed the conversation that we've had. So if you'd like to do that, you can email me at indefensiveliberation at gmail.com and you can also find me at the other aforementioned uh, places. But anyways, now that we kind of got that underway, there's a few things that I want to say right off at the top of the show. First and foremost, folks, we need to be connecting with one another. So, here are some plugs because I would like to go through the list of shows I listen to and platform them because I love them. I listen to them daily and I want other people to listen to them, plain and simple. And all the information you're going to hear on this show came from these shows, most likely. And I would like to stress here. Um, I should not be anyone's main source of information. Uh, I don't think you should get information from one source anyways. But most importantly, you should understand that a lot of what I'm talking about, I've taken the time to learn. I did not, you know, develop these ideas. So I could be wrong. I could be half right, half wrong, you know, kind of leaving some stuff out, missing some context, uh, falling to some misunderstandings. And also, not for nothing, more importantly, there's way smarter people and way more eloquent people and people who are, you know, boots on the ground doing this shit, who talk about this stuff on shows like By Any Means Necessary, This Is Hell, Revolutionary Left Radio, Guerrilla History Podcast. Red Nation podcast, Bands of Turtle Island, East is a podcast, as well as shows like, uh, let me see here, we just got to scroll through my frequently listened to, we got probably canceled podcast, The Punch Out with uh, Eugene per year, as well as Working People podcast, You also got The Empire Files, which I think a lot of people should check out. That's a really, really great show. Also, you have Dixieland of the Proletariat, Citations Needed, Groundings, the podcast Anti-Conquista. You also have uh, shows like Little Red Schoolhouse. You have shows like uh, Africa World Now Project. You also have shows like Mark's Madness and Red Menace, as well as shows like Comrade Reads for folks who want to get into more audiobooks and audiobook analysis uh, and theory stuff. Then you skip over to YouTube because I also really, really uh, love checking out YouTube. Um, There's a lot of great content on here. So let me just go over to my continue watching to talk about some of the things that I've been checking out. Um, actually before I do that some shows that I'd love to plug because these are the homies and I think everybody should check them out Uh, check out on YouTube Ramiro Sebastian Foynez if you search that up he should be the first YouTube channel to pop up you can also check out Luna Oi who is out of Vietnam uh, living in Vietnam talking about Vietnamese communism and the struggle being a communist in Vietnam Um, That's pretty cool. Uh, You should also check out uh, Afro Marxist, one of the coolest channels on YouTube. Um, eh, There's just all kinds of great content on there. You should also check out People's Dispatch and give the people... And then just a few more uh, pieces of media, if I could. I would implore everyone to check out Black agenda report as well as the black alliance for peace um i think folks should also be checking out globetrotter and news click out of india i think folks should be reading the gray zone as well as liberation news Folks should check out also, to continue just real quick, a few other shows I'd like to, or I guess a few other channels I'd like to plug on YouTube real quick. Um, I would like to plug Socialism for All, as well as Marxist-Leninist Theory. I think you should check out Hakim, as well as The Marxist Project. Folks definitely need to be looking at Li Jingjing, that is J-I-N-G, J-I-N-G. Folks definitely need to be checking out the homie Rad Reads. Um, great content always, great analysis of theory. Someone you should definitely, definitely be checking out. Also, Friends of Socialist China, very important channel to be constantly uh, going to to hear updates about how uh, China is handling ongoing pressure from uh, militarization to climate change to the pandemic. Um, but those are some of the most uh, prominent channels that I check out the most frequently. Um, but you know, any of those I think would be a good start to really engage with other content. And I would implore you that really, uh, you know, any episode that you enjoy, any, uh, you know, author or uh, organizer or organization that sends a representative uh, that comes on any of these shows that you like, I would implore you folks to reach out. Um, One thing that I found is that out of, I would say... 10 emails that I send to different people that come on for example by any means necessary I'm always hitting up those guests folks that go on probably canceled podcast always reaching out to them folks that go on guerrilla history podcast I've tried to reach out to a few heard back from some out of 10 emails that I send I probably hear back on seven So I would implore you folks that if you really do enjoy the interview or the content or the conversation that is had on these shows, reach out. Develop these relationships. Come on now. We don't have a lot of time and most of us don't have any fucking friends. So if you want to actually engage with these conversations, the easiest way to do so is to reach out. So I would implore you to do so. Reach out to me. Fuck, man. I'd love to talk to anybody. I'd love to talk to anyone about anything. I'd love to hear from you about the struggles you're going through. And I'm sure other people who create content would too. Because they're all human beings. And if they're out here talking about revolutionary politics, then one thing that you know is that they care. Or at least seemingly, they should. So there's no reason why any of us should be embarrassed to reach out. Um, I know it's weird, especially through, like, social media and shit. It's always corny. It's always, you know, kind of confusing. Well, do I trust this person? How do I know who this person is? Da da da. da. You'll find out over time. Keep talking to people you want to talk to, and eventually you'll find out one way or another whether you like these people or not and whether who they are, who they say they are. So, going forward, I want to talk about housing as a human right this episode. Now, there's a few projects going on across the world that need to be stressed when we talk about housing as a right. You need to be talking about Cuba. You need to be talking about China. You need to be talking about Nicaragua. You need to be talking about Vietnam. And you need to be talking about places also in Africa like Guinea, uh, Burkina Faso, uh, and others. Now, there is a huge conversation that comes up, that I'm going to put a, you know, a nip in the bud real quick. I don't want to hear any, uh, ignorant Western chauvinistic idealism of the socialist projects happening, uh, across the world. What we consider really or actually existing socialism is just that socialism in progress. The socialist countries that are developing these projects look different, sound different, walk different, talk different, and do different things because they exist in different contexts with different contradictions, different histories, different methodologies, different ideologies, and different hands. I mean, to the very, very, uh, you know, material Understanding that the skills and motor uh, skills that people from different parts of the world have when it comes to things like farming, manufacturing, uh, sewing, etc. All of these things, right, uh, usually develop a certain way due to certain contexts. Um, People farm a certain way in certain climates because that's the way in which the food will grow, They cultivate, cut, and, you know, take care of uh, their fields and their farms in different ways because they have different animals, they have different products, they have different uh, methodologies. And so, in this way, if, for example, Cuba, as a socialist nation, does not do everything and anything that white Western leftists think a socialist project has to do, or, you know, even remove that white part. Western leftists, right? People who are not engaged in a struggle, people who are not building a socialist project should have, by no means, you know, absolutely no say in what these projects happening all over the world should or shouldn't do. Get your own bourgeoisie to deal with. So at this point, if you really think that you know better than the Cubans, than the Sandinistas in Nicaragua, than the Bolivarians in Venezuela, than the, you know, Chinese, the Vietnamese, well then, by any means, my friend, lead the way. I will be following, and I will be watching. But if we look at nations like Cuba, China, Vietnam... We see a different approach to one of the most basic human necessities that exists in every culture, in every country, on every continent, in every time, in every period. Housing. Shelter. People need shelter for many different reasons. I don't think we really need to go into depth into discussing why someone may or may not need shelter. If that's the level of discussion that you are at, my friend, I really don't have much to say to you. Anyways, I'm not arguing for people's humanity here. If you can't come to this show and understand that every single human being on this earth not only deserves, but needs, like physically requires for survival proper shelter that is safe and secure, then again, go off, do your little reading, do your little educating of yourself, and then you can come back to the show and we can have a conversation about developing a project like this. One of the most important things that happens in all of the countries where housing becomes a necessity for the state and for the people to begin implementing Projects, legislation, and huge, you know, forms of development in order to build housing for millions upon millions of people. In each instance where this occurs, some of the most important things to recognize are, one, the switch in the script, which we do not see here in the United States, which is this putting... Of people before prophets. For example, here in my state, New York, we have two individuals out of many who are incredibly and monumentally influential in the decision to allow the eviction moratorium on January 15th, that is Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, that is tomorrow, the day after recording, today is January 14th, January 15th in New York State, and I'm pretty sure just about across the nation, the eviction moratorium, which is disallowing 250,000 people from being evicted, will end. Meaning that 250,000 people On record, there's probably plenty more who are, you know, somehow not accounted for. What are we surprised by? 250,000 people are going to be kicked out of their homes or in the process of being kicked out of their home. Now, back in November, the Emergency Rental Assistance Program, or the ERAP, was uh, effectively ended. Now, this was illegal and deemed as such by federal courts. The new governor after the outgoing sexual predator, former governor Andrew Cuomo, who has yet to be convicted for his crimes of allowing millions of elderly people to die in nursing homes from COVID and lying about it for months while his brother on CNN had him on to crack jokes about people not wearing masks and things like this. And his brother knew also of the sexual misconduct and assault charges which were being levied against the former governor, Andrew Cuomo, who still has yet to face any criminal charges for this. But the lieutenant governor under him, who has since become our official governor, Kathy Hochul, or Hochul, it's H-O-C-H-U-L, has effectively uh, fallen in line with the mass Democratic Party and the capitalist system as a whole. Also, another Uh, very important individual to uh, keep an eye on and to really get an analysis of is the recently elected mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Now, before I get too sidetracked, I want to talk about why these two individuals are prominent and must be watched. So first and foremost, we recently had the Uh, governors of all the states go and meet with Biden. That was the day that Biden came out and said there would be no federal solution and that states must handle these uh, ongoing crises of the pandemic, economic collapse, joblessness, houselessness, hunger, and poverty at a state level. This very same day, uh, one uh, story came out about the fact that Kathy Hochul has been consistently meeting with business people, other politicians, um, and none of this has been on the books. So this is kind of one reason why we want to be keeping an eye on this, because usually governors, when they meet with organizations and people, you can check out their schedule. You can see where they're going to be. You can see what kind of public meetings they're going to be having. But also they will release their office's official Uh, information about who they met with. This information is not being released by Kathy Hochul's office. Um, This is important to remember because at the very same time, she is allowing the moratorium to end. Now, Kathy Hochul, like many uh, New York Democrats, is tied into money in so many different ways. If you look at her history, it's clear. Um, She was basically a desk jockey, And in the few years before she became, you know, a prominent member of any, uh, political party or, uh, government office, she had basically fucked up an entire, uh, politician, I forget who it was, but some representative who she was running the campaign for. She lost, like, all of their paperwork and then got pulled up into representative politics and never had to go back and fix any of that. But... Just like the uh, Republicans, the Democrats are 100% tied into the capitalist imperialist system. That's why right now, these two representatives, Eric Adams, who is a former NYPD officer himself and has recently decided to put his brother in charge of the New York Police Department. I forget what uh, position exactly he's up for. But uh, Eric Adams became popular to uh, people in New York City for his role during the reactionary uh, protests by the Blue Lives Matter crowd and white supremacists, as well as pro-police officers, you know, in general, like I said, the Blue Lives Matter folks. And he became increasingly popular when he and others led the slogan, Bring Back the Box, you had a cop who's in favor of solitary confinement and is actively advocating for it as a part of his, you know, public outreach, whether or not that was a part of his campaign, I can't, uh, concretely say, but you got a guy like this, who's now the mayor of New York City as 250,000 people across the state are about to be kicked out of their house do you think there might be a reason as to why they're putting these people in office who are going to go along with this and who may or may not have a tendency to side with the uh, you know, landlords and the business folks and the insurance companies and Wall Street? Because if we look at the recent Bronx fire where 17 people were killed, eight of whom were children, what does Eric Adams say? He says the condescending insurance line which is close the door because I think as someone on by any means necessary pointed out he thinks probably that the city is going to be sued and they should as should he for putting out this bullshit ass message I think Jackie Lukman shout out Jackie Lukman and Sean Blackman on uh, by any means necessary I'm pretty sure Jackie was speaking to this the other day but um Burned down an entire building, one of the worst fires we've seen in decades. Doesn't talk about the fact that the city does not hold landlords and absentee landlords, especially, accountable for the infrastructure of their buildings. Doesn't talk about the fact that in the middle of winter in New York City, where winter happens every year, folks, you have people running space heaters, not even into the deep, deep months of cold, because the heat isn't enough in the building. He doesn't talk about that. He doesn't talk about the fact that, well, you know, This building, right, is mostly immigrant, black immigrant women who are being taken advantage of and who ultimately died in a awful, awful fire that should not have happened if this building was properly taken care of by the landlord, who will now have to suffer in a way that many of us really will never understand unless we involve ourselves in the struggle ultimately by themselves in a lot of ways so i would like to implore right now folks there is uh some articles going up about the different organizations that are pairing together to try to help these folks get clothes get food i would implore you to please go online and to reach out to these organizations to donate money maybe some spare clothing you have donate your time if you're in the city down there to go down there and help folks out um And just show your solidarity, you know, reach out and say the work you're doing is incredible. Because that really means a lot to people. That's one thing I try to do a lot is to show people that I see what you're doing and it's incredible and it's important. I wish I could help. Tell me how I can because we got to keep this going. But we got to talk about the fact that housing is a human right. Not because, you know, ultimately I'm a socialist and these are the beliefs I have. But because, at the very minimum, understanding of how human beings have survived historically, shelter is a huge part of that. So, as so is community, and that's another thing. And this is what I want to talk about, stress, stressing this point most importantly. Community does not exist in this country, individualism does, self subservience does. Self-absorption and selfishness are the most prominent and foundational mindsets to the capitalist imperialist system, especially within the capitalist and imperialist core. If we look at these countries like the United States, Canada, England, France, Spain, Italy, Germany, these are some of the wealthiest nations in the world, and yet they have millions of people who sleep on the streets. Every single year, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, New York City run articles about people freezing to death at night, dozens upon dozens on a daily basis, and this just becomes normalized. Oh, geez. We really ought to put a center bar on these fucking metal benches so that people can't sleep on them, and we really ought to put spikes in front of buildings. This is the reality that exists here in the United States, and... Quite honestly, folks, there isn't a force that is capable or willing to fight it at this juncture. The moratoriums are going to end. And if you don't have a tenant union, if you don't have a community organization, if you don't have any kind of solidarity and connectivity to your neighbors, to the people who live around you, What's going to happen when you lose your home? What's going to happen when you lose your job? What's going to happen when you don't have a car? When you don't have food in your fridge, huh? Because we can't be so, you know, committed to the ideas of socialism and the benefits that come to us from them without dedicating yourself to the necessity of building the projects, the organizations, the movements, and the efforts that are necessary to get to that point. Half of our communities can't feed themselves because half of the people in our community can't afford to go to the grocery store, don't have time to get to the grocery store, don't have a car to get them to the grocery store. The other half of the people, right, who maybe do, Most of them don't think that there's any reason why they need to make sure that everybody else has got a plate of food. Nobody up and down my neighborhood is knocking on my door making sure that everybody's got food in their house but not for nothing, neither am I. I talk about it all the time. That's one thing I could do and that's one thing I'm gonna do. That's one thing that we gotta do. We have to understand that we can't fight this alone. One of the most important things that I stress is that a bunch of individual organizations that do not have proper funding, that do not have proper backing, that do not have proper connectivity to the masses, that are not supported in general by other organizations, that do not have any kind of deep-seated strength, really, to do anything more than try to assist symptomatically and temporarily through what we might call band-aid fixes we do not need to see a bunch of you know three four five people mutual aid networks incapable of doing anything more than putting a little bit of bread in a fridge once a week We got to take that and we got to connect it to the food pantries. We got to connect the food pantries to the community gardens. We got to connect the community gardens to the immigrant organizations. And we got to connect the immigrant organizations to the different forms of community and group based organizations that want to help them and want to help each other and want to find ways that the other groups can get involved helping other people. Because, folks, at the end of the day, what we really need is we need networks. And it sounds corny and it sounds almost capitalist. We need to get organized. We need to know where food is, how to get it to people, who needs it, who's going to bring it to them, and how they're going to eat it. If we're trying to get people housing, we got to know what kind of laws exist. We got to know what kind of grants exist. We got to know what kinds of courts exist and what kind of court officials are in power. We got to know what kind of ways in which historically these things have been fought. We got to know whether or not we can even properly help these people in a way that isn't going to put them in more dangerous and precarious situations by our attempting to fan the flame of their situations. Because a lot of us who are involved in political organization... We need to make sure time and time again that we are not taking advantage of people who are struggling and using their struggles to push our own political line, but in fact seeing the struggles of people, finding ways to meet their needs, and ultimately using the ability to uh, materially assist folks, uh, encourage them, give them support, and develop trust out of that which then can be used as a basis to have these discussions. Now, that's not to say that each of our efforts need not have a political education uh, direction and foundation, but that is to say that our main goal is not to proselytize communism. We are not prophets for the uh, almighty King Karl Marx. We are, in fact, communists. We are people. We are working class socialists proletarians who are trying to find ways to make sure that people are fed, that people are fed knowledge, and that people are fed encouragement and support in a way that will lead towards material change. One of the most important things that we need to do is we need to get on the streets. I know I have spoke explicitly about how demonstrations and protests in and of themselves are incapable of changing material reality. But in fact, that isn't entirely true in the sense that protests and demonstrations put material reality in the face of people that may or may not have been trying to ignore that material reality, that may or may not have known that other people are enduring that material reality along with them. And, not for nothing, demonstrations and protests are some of the most prominent forms of counting your forces. If people are going to show out to a protest they're most likely going to do just about anything else that we might need them to do. Drop off food, uh, you know, buy PPE, drive people around, lead political education, develop tenants unions. you know, All of these things, really, if people are going to do them, they're going to show you. You're not going to need to figure out who's going to do what. You're going to ask people to do stuff and they're going to either do it or not do it. Really, one of the most important things that we need to do is we need to get involved in the struggle. People are losing their houses, have been this entire time, illegally, and the cops have been letting it happen. And so, what I really want to stress to people is we need to get involved. There's tenant organizations out there. Don't you lie to me. And don't you lie to me like people haven't developed them by themselves when there weren't. Don't you pretend like there's nothing that you can do. And sure... Is there anxiety? Is there danger with COVID? Is there danger with your own personal safety, with fighting with landlords and police and stuff like that? Yeah. But really, I think at a certain point in time when you call yourself a communist and a socialist, you have to decide that your life is not just your own anymore. You are not just an individual who needs to put your own needs and wants first. You have to put the needs and the wants of the community, of the people, far before Yourself, especially things that only benefit you. And the last thing I'll say before closing up is this. We have historical examples and ongoing struggles right now which prove the irreconcilability with full housing and the capitalist system. Meaning, The capitalist system, because of its very nature, is based on profits, constant growth, wealth accumulation, and private property. Everybody cannot be a capitalist. Everybody cannot own private property. Everybody cannot be wealthy or the wealthiest, especially. And because of this, not everybody is going to have housing. Not everybody is going to be able to afford shelter. Not everybody is going to be given the opportunity to try to, you know, mold themselves into an educated Uh, well-employed, and well-paid person in this capitalist society. Because this capitalist society is one that is based on exploitation, division, separation, and oppression of millions of people. Meaning, if we want an end to the housing crisis, which we are extremely uh, suffering from in the United States and across the world then we have to understand that socialism is the only system that is predicated on an idea that people's interests, needs, and lives must come before profits. We must look to China and their elimination of uh, abject poverty. We must look at Cuba and their mobilization of millions of carpenters, construction workers, engineers and other people who built apartment complexes, hospitals, uh, public parks, and other necessary structures and facilities which the Bautista regime and the capitalist system that Cuba was formerly colonized by would not and could not allow. We have to understand that it is only socialism. It is only scientific socialism led by a dictatorship of the proletariat led by the masses of people themselves in power after revolutionarily overthrowing the capitalist imperialist system by means of violent armed struggle and other forms of struggle. Only then can this uh, reality be taken on completely. In any other way, we are fighting uh, handicapped, almost. And I don't really like that word. I just couldn't really... Sorry, I couldn't really come up with another one. My phone cut off here but anyways we're fighting with our hands behind our back if we're not fighting as a class so we need a dictatorship of the proletariat which means we need to get organizing we need to get knocking on doors we need to be going to demonstrations we need to be unionizing our workplace we need to be developing community gardens and community self-defense programs we need to be doing teach-ins and speak-outs about the covid pandemic against sexual assault and the sex trade speaking of which Gislaine maxwell will not be really suffering any consequences even though so much information has come out please check out the recent episode of know your enemy by comrade bridget over at the probably canceled podcast with um the episode on sexual blackmail um and then the last thing i will say is this that ultimately we need to get together we need to come together um The pandemic must have taught us something about this, that the state and the individual forms of temporary Band-Aid fixes will not solve the problem, will not eliminate it in a way that leads towards a new world. And that's what we need. We need a new world. We need a new world where climate change, uh, houselessness, joblessness, the pandemic, and mass death, incarceration, and suffering are not, quote, normalized. So If there's one thing that we need to normalize, as much as I hate that word, it is the idea of proletarian revolution. So Let's get educating, let's get struggling, and let's get building today, comrades. I hope everyone is well, staying safe and staying healthy, and I hope you continue to do so. Please get involved, please reach out, please contact me or anyone else you would like to learn more, and please, my friends, stay revolutionary. We'll see you next time. Peace.